This podcast may contain some explicit language, so it may not be suitable for our little listeners under the age of 13. Welcome to episode, what episode are we on? Seven. Seven of Shit Gets Real. I'm Tony Hedstrom. And I'm Selena Stamp. Okay, so we're winging it today. We're winging it. No script. Scriptless. Nope. nope. First things first. Can you tell who was on vacation last week? No. <laughs> Whenever one of us is on vacation and when that person comes back, the other one's really haggard. Yeah. And the other one's all refreshed. I uh, still look haggard, though. So <laughs> It wasn't one of those vacations. It so tell us what you did on your vacation. So the first, let's see, we went on some bike rides, we did the beach, and then we putzed around the house. We got a lot of work done at the house. You are remodeling your garage. Yes, we remodeled our garage. Now the, like, organization stuff is there. Now we just got to organize it, put all of our stuff away. Um, We did our lanai. We painted it. We put up a cedar ceiling. We did, what else have we done? We were working on our outdoor kitchen, so we got a lot of home stuff that done, which was so nice. awesome, mm-hmm. right before the good weather. Yeah. Well, actually, the weather's been really it's, good here for it, us lately. Yeah, I mean, so it, we're, we're excited. We're, um, organization has is long needed, and it'll be make life much easier. So do you think most sellers out there are kind of like you and your husband, where you've to- chose to hunker down and just do improvements on your own home instead of moving? I do. nobody's moving. I do, because the only reason why we're not selling because we would walk away with a good amount of money is um, we would have no place to go. Because you'd, you'd be overpaying we for would the be, next one. We would. And we discussed it. We thought about it. And we said, okay, so realistically, we'd probably have to sell our house, take that money, put it in the account, and rent. Yuck. Yes. And we're like, oh, we can't. We just can't do it. We have two dogs. We just our personality is not. We just don't want to do that. So we have decided just to stay. Um, Our payment is we're comfortable. We are, you know, it's not that I don't love like our house. Our house is slowly coming together. Mm -hmm. Um, I just we want to be on the water. Yeah. You know, and right now, some of the houses where we would be in Apollo Beach, where we looked at three years ago, were what in the three and the four hundreds, and now they're six fifty, and they're completely dated. Can you imagine? And it's almost like this big Ferris wheel, though. Mm-hmm. It's like we're on this hamster wheel that we can't get off mm-hmm. because. People just like Selena who own a home have chosen to stay, A, because if they buy something, they're going to overpay, B, because we all refinance when interest rates were in the low Low. twos. Mm -hmm. So if you buy now, you're going to be, you know, in the threes. Yep. Yep. So it's so people are choosing to stay in their homes, which means we have no inventory. And my home is newer. It was, well, it was built in 2014, which seems weird because it felt like, you know, this feels like a couple years ago. But... The homes that we're looking at, they're on a canal, are older in the 60s, 70s, some in the 80s. And like I said, completely dated. So then we would be starting all over. Yeah. And we're putting... So so it's a tough position because you think about everything you have in your home, the equity that we have. And I'm scared to lose that equity. But I have, you know, our backup plan is, listen, our payment is super low. Mm-hmm. Um, we could rent easily rent our house for $1,650, $1,700 if the time comes to it. And I, I would net, I'd profit about 600 bucks. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty good. 
So we yeah. thought, well, we'll just hang on to it and figure it out from there. Some people's car payments are that much. I know. <laughs> I know. So that's why we're kind of like, let's just enjoy our home, make it how we want it, mm-hmm. and you know, not go overboard, of course, on the upgrades. So, and so as real estate agents, how do we... If we're trying to, you know, talk to potential sellers, you know, what is our argument to get them to sell? Obviously, it's the the equity they have today. That's they're right. going to make more money today than they probably will for a long time. That's true. But they're going to pay more for they, something. They are, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be cutthroat. You're going to have to, you know, some of the homes that it depending on what they want. For instance, if it was the same criteria as us, you're going to get a dated home, and you're going to spend at least 500,000 or more, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. and, um, it's, it's a really hard pill to swallow when you know what those homes sold for a couple years ago, five, even five years ago, Yes, you know, and we're not talking 10 grand, no, 20 grand. No, no, we're talking 50 grand and higher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these values have gone up. So, so for us, I think it takes us finding the right seller, meaning somebody that maybe has to relocate for work to a different state, you know, or somebody who's willing. What if you have a couple, for instance, my parents, they have some good equity in their house. They could wait. They could find a little place to rent. Easy for them. They have a super tiny little dog Mm -hmm. and go and do that and save their money until the time is right. And it turns into a buyer's market if that's, you know, whatever going to happen. I know. So, but I think for us or investors, if we find an investor that wants to cash out on their their mm-hmm. their property, yeah, you know, those are the type of people that we're going to have to find. It's hard to find somebody that is has eighty grand in their house, let's say, and then wants to buy another house right away. You ha- we have to plan. Mm-hmm. Basically, we would have to be like their travel agent, <laughs> meaning, okay, you're going to close on this house. Now we got to find a place, but you could find this place for short-term rental for their- this time while we're looking for your new house. I don't know. It's a, it's a dance. Well, we had an experience on the team this week, oh. uh, and that is a listing that we had, mm-hmm. whereas two years ago, it would have been very difficult to sell. Mm-hmm. So the house has been tenant-occupied for a few years. Tenants are great as far as, you know, paying their rent. Right. Mm-hmm. But boy, did they. Whew. So the house yeah, has a really strong pet smell when you walk yeah. in and the carpet's destroyed. And literally in the MLS description, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. There's a pet smell and the carpet's destroyed. Do you know I had a block, a a showing block, which is another new thing people are doing, listing agents are doing with tenants. Instead of trying to manage all these Mm -hmm. showings with tenants, you actually just set up a showing block. You get, you know, everybody comes in during that time period, almost like an open house, Mm -hmm. but it's actually for agents who have set an appointment to be there. And you just accept the multiple offers and there you go this house is under contract for fifteen thousand more than the list price price. and there were 14 offers on the house and that's just from the one showing block so if i had gone and let it ride through the weekend i'm sure we would have had probably 30 offers at least but it was just amazing to me that even with the smell the dogs the pet smell You've got people were willing mm-hmm. to take it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they they're pretty desperate, you know? Yeah. I mean, as a seller, for me personally, I would make sure my house was a certain way. But young sellers almost don't even need to do that you right don't. now. Yeah. And it, it, but, and a seller has no control when there's a tenant in the house. That's very true. I mean, you know, yeah, obviously, if it impacts the seller's um 
profit, they're mm-hmm. going to be looking at that deposit they might have yep. on, on hand mm-hmm. to retain. But <laughs> <laughs> That's why a pet deposit is super important. <laughs> <laughs> and $300 ain't going to cut it. And I hate to say that because, you know, I, we love pets and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody we know. But, no, not everybody, but most people have pets and our kids have pets. My kids have pets, and, you know, but yeah, it's you have to kind of believe that the carpet is going to go. Yeah. Between tenants. Yeah. You have to paint and replace carpet between tenants. Yeah, and I think Just that... Just make it part of your You know, at apartment complexes, they do that. Mm-hmm. They You have your deposit, and they always deduct, I want to say, three fifty to four fifty. And when you get your deposit back, it's less that amount because they talk about cleaning or replacing the carpet. Yeah, yeah. And because it's just a standard, like, if you've been there a year... They're like, eh, it's going to need to be redone. Yeah. And um, it's not quality carpet, of course. That's why it's super cheap. and Right, right. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, so think about that. Even 15, what, years ago, if it had a dog smell, we'd tell the seller, hey, well, even though this was a tenant-occupied one. You got to replace that because it's just not going to, that shit ain't going to work. You know, we did. We offered a $3,000 carpet (laughs) allowance and they waived it. Oh, that's how desperate they are. That's crazy. They waived it. Okay. And the people who didn't waive it, they didn't get chosen. Yeah. Their contract didn't get picked. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just really crazy. But I've had an opportunity to look at um, a few counties north this Mm -hmm. past week. And while I'm up there in Citrus County, I'm seeing property values are a lot different up there mm-hmm. right now. But they're on an upswing. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a couple months behind us, I think, in terms of where you're seeing the values right. start to tick up. And literally got a house that was listed for 249 We contracted for 223 Wow. I felt like I was in a time machine. Yeah, you're like, whew. <laughs> <laughs> You felt really good about yourself, right? Oh like, you're like, I want to start working I'm up there. I'm going to join the MLS. <laughs> Tony's in town. <laughs> That's no coming, joke. Coming to Citrus County. So Citrus is where we were looking at those properties, and we were paying cash for just some land in a trailer that could be removed or remodeled, whatever, for like a weekend, mm-hmm. and they're going like this. Yeah. In that fifty dollars to $80,000 range mm-hmm. where it was just like, boom, gone. Yeah. And but you know what I noticed up there? Mm-hmm. Nobody has new roofs. Yeah, right. So the values are set at all. There's no comparables that have their roof replaced in, their, in this area, this neighborhood we were looking yeah. in, a very popular, lovely yeah. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Um none of the houses have new roofs you know so but i I enjoyed it up there i Mm kind of like going north i love it up there it makes me feel like i'm in texas a little more like dade city i don't know it just feels like oh back in the back in the country i think and did you experience at all like any downtown home assessment area like probably not because i know you're busy no no. Yeah, because I think you'd really like it. The stopping at the you like you like those little mom and pop restaurants. There's a uh-huh. ton of them, and then there's the river and the springs, and it's yeah. really cool, fun place. And you know, it's literally from 54 State Road 54 here in what which would be Lutz mm-hmm. North um, on the expressway. It's about it's less than 40 minutes. Oh, that's not bad. You know, straight shot drive yeah. north, about 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just the definition of urban sprawl because sure. people begin to see how much house they can get farther away from the city center for the money. And they start saying, oh, I could drive 30 minutes. So or- it was like what Ruskin 
Used has to be. turned into, or yeah, used to be. Mm-hmm. And now from Ruskin, people are expanding out to Parrish, mm-hmm. you know, and Parrish is really starting to blow up out yeah. there. So, yeah. And I suppose when people are coming from the big cities and to get, you know, 20 miles takes two hours. Yeah. You know, if it takes an hour and a half to get to work, you know, it's just yeah. more miles, but mm-hmm. it's straight highway or whatever. That's right. Mm-hmm. So... I'm in so for with we have McDill here um, and a lot of people where you get more money more house fairy money out in Ruskin Apollo Beach at that time yeah and that's where a lot of them would go and then like you know my husband sometimes would take the jet ski or the boat across the bay just straight shot to work mm-hmm. but you know the weather has to be perfect yeah and you have to make sure when you come back anyway well, what do you have as clothes and like a backpack yeah, like a waterproof backpack. Okay, because I, yeah. I can't picture yeah. him on a jet no, ski no, like no. in his uniform. No, no. And, and then he would park it at the marina, and he had a little bike on the other side, and ride his bike to work, and shower, and get ready, and go to work. I'll be darned. Yeah. Brilliant. He's thinking about starting it, doing it again. Whatever happened to that boat that was going, the transfer boat, wasn't didn't that started? Yeah, the ferry, it hasn't started from to and from McDill. They were talking, I don't really know all the particulars, but they were worried about um Safety. There's all these things that they were they were worried about. So Interesting. not sure whatever actually happened with that. I'll have to look into it. But it's it's a really genius idea, and it saves money on fuel and time. So this weekend, I actually on Saturday went on a virtual home tour for a client. They're in Pennsylvania, and I think it was seven or eight houses that I went and looked at. And I went to one that was having an open house, so my showing time was during their open house right. window. And it was on a cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to a concert. Is that that picture that you posted with all those cars? Wow. But here's the best part. Hmm. So there were these open house signs, and I could have swore they had little arrows on them, which they probably did, pointing towards this house. And there were four cars in the driveway. Oh, no. So I walk up to the house and knock on the door, and somebody answers. And I said, oh, I'm here for the open house. And he said, that's next door. <laughs> and I said, oh, but you're cooking something, and I'm actually pretty hungry. What do you got? You know, it was funny, but I was thinking all those people that were sitting in that cul-de-sac waiting to go into the open house saw me walk up to the wrong house and knock on the door so then I had to act like I did it on purpose yeah. you know so I came out you know I was like maybe they think I asked permission to go in their yeah. yard <laughs> and I'm surprised you didn't say uh, do you want to sell your house <laughs> I was too busy trying to get some of their bacon they were cooking bacon in there it smelled delicious yeah. But that was an interesting day. I like those kind of days. Not that I don't like being with buyers, but you, you know, you, yeah, you yeah, know, you really, you can really um, hit the fine points of a home when you go on these virtual tours because we know what to yeah. look for. You know, we just video it and send it on. It's just like they're there. Yeah. You know, and it worked out really mm-hmm. well for us. Yeah. But for these folks, because of the inventory the way it is they're actually going to end up purchasing a house that we had planned to list and in talking to some of the agents that came to my showing block for the house we spoke of earlier you know i had more than one tell me that the only way they can find uh, houses for their client is to pre-sell listings so that's pretty much the key to get a house almost is to have you know find an agent who has a a listing coming up or something that they know about but one of the saddest things i heard was an agent who 
fought for her buyer. Yeah. Like she had a conversation with me. So she spent a lot of time with me at the actual showing block. Her buyer was great. There was nothing wrong with her buyer. The The offer yeah. was great. And when I told her that her offer wasn't chosen, she told me this was the eight. Contract oh my that she's written for this buyer, and they offered full price, no concessions. The eighteenth one. And how do you? I mean, was there anything on there that you would say she should have changed? Looking at it, besides no concessions and full price, only the loan type. Yeah, really. The thing about loan types is that the FHA loans and the VA loans are automatically appraisal contingent. Yep. It's built right in. It's in the financing addenda that you have to use. And unless the agent puts particular verbiage in the contract to override that, not unlike what we spoke about in a prior podcast mm-hmm. about making a strong offer, right. there's that appraisal contingency. So if, you, if an agent and a seller get multiple offers on a home, for example, in this case, the seller chose an offer. It wasn't cash, mm-hmm. but it was a conventional loan with 45% down. Pretty good. There's no appraisal contingency, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, so there, the seller has no choice, really, yeah. but to take that if he's, you know, looking at his financial, you know, if he's not emotional about it. And sure. Is, you know, looking at the finances, which is what people do. I mean, this is business, really. And it's, it's sad for... The buyer, the agent, the spending all the time, she's doing what she can. They're both doing what they can. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about it. What they probably started off with was asking for some concessions. Slowly that changed. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if they put a hefty earnest money deposit down, yeah. you know, all these things that they tweaked as they went. Because they're like, okay, the, this, the, this market doesn't support asking for this stuff. And we need mm-hmm. a healthier earnest money deposit. But this the time that they've both put into this and the stress that the buyer's probably feeling. I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine, actually. I mean, we have buyers mm-hmm. who are in the same position, and it's so unfortunate, yeah. right? And I and it, it's almost like there's no place to say, okay, I'm seeing at 400000 It's everywhere. Yeah. 80000 50000 up to millions. Like, you know, I had... The one buyer that has $1.5 million. We were going to go look at it. It hit the market. It was gone within 12 hours. One point, I mean, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Where you used to be able to say, okay, we could sit on those for a little bit. Yeah, so, you know, this particular buyer, and it was going to be, it's a cash buyer, and found a house, $1.5 million, and was gone within 12 hours. We didn't even have a chance to get there because it was 24-hour notice. <laughs> you know, those are the things where you're like, everybody is working so hard. The stress that the stress and anxiety that buyers are having mm-hmm. and then all the work that the agents are putting into into it it's like you just gotta roll with it <laughs> and you're gonna get your house even if it's maybe the lucky number 20 for that buyer <laughs> lucky number you 20. know i don't know it's it's sad because what do you say to your buyer well the buyer that um I did the home tour for. They're yeah. the ones who are actually going to go under contract on uh-huh. a listing of ours, yep. right? Which, and what I want to disclose is the seller totally understands that if I put his house on the market, he would get multiple offers. There's no way for me to tell how much he'd get. Right. So this seller actually understands he's leaving a little money on the table for his own personal reasons. He sees a value in not having to put it on the market and have people in his house and everything. Right. So there's a backstory to this Mm -hmm. one, but my, 
buyer clients in this situation realize that if this house went on the market, they would never have a chance That's in hell. That's right. And they're conventional. But they're only putting 5%, 5% down. So if you're an agent and you have 14 offers and you have FHA, VA, conventionals with a low down payment, mm-hmm. and then you start to see that conventionals with 20% down, 40% down, an all-cash purchase... It's all about that comfort level um, where the sellers just, they're just going to navigate towards those ones with more cash in the bucket. Right. So for you as that, as a listing agent, you know, I, there's, you know how buyers will write like a letter, right? I always, for me personally, I don't see there's any value in a letter that a buyer writes because I feel like real estate is just numbers. It's not a personal you know, what are your thoughts? So you have 14 offers and you get a buyer that writes a letter. Mm-hmm. How much does that letter impact you and the seller? Like what what you relate to the seller? Uh, well, the only way it's going to impact is if you have two winning offers, right? Yeah. That are very, very similar. similar. And the net's the same, and one has the sweet letter with pictures of puppies and kitties, and the other one doesn't have a letter. That's the only way. Which is my my point on them is it's all about the numbers. It's, it's all the about end the numbers. numbers. And I know that there's some agents that say, "Hey, it you know I I, I want an offer." By this letter, I actually don't feel it was the letter, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So yeah. It, but I guess y- you can. If that's what you feel works, then keep doing it. No, I would say it's not going to have a seller. A seller's not going to like a letter enough to give up $5,000. He's not going to pay $5,000 for your letter. That's right. And that's the key is like, why would he take less money? And I say he could be a she. Why would the homeowner take less money because you wrote a nice letter? Mm -hmm. I mean, in in real estate, selling one of the biggest assets that you own, Mm -hmm. you have to maximize that potential. I mean, you invested in that property Mm -hmm. and the idea is to get the most money out of it that you can yeah yeah so i would say uh you know in that slim chance that there's two offers that are netting about Very the similar. same and one has that sweet letter then the letter might pull you through yeah i know i was just curious your your thought on it because mm-hmm. i look like a jerk when i say i think they suck and there's no emotion <laughs> in it and then you know well what you can always do is just let your client write the letter and i would send it yeah you're right here you go. Right. You want to it's certainly not going to make them not get the house. It's not going to no, be. It's, it's not, not going to be the reason they don't get the house. I get it. Unless it's like a letter that's like, "Why would you choose that pink color? <laughs> Your house smells." <laughs> I'm offering you less. Don't you know that? Like, you need to get your shit together. (laughs) Which, so we've talked about Groundhog Day with clients. So let me tell you a story about Homo Sassa. So these clients that I I am blessed to have, I am in love with them. A husband and wife. They've been married over 40 years. I enjoy them so much. We have such a good time. And he sold his house. And I don't know the details of his sale. You know, did he get negotiated down? Did he get top dollar? I really haven't dove into that. In Florida, in the villages, actually. Oh, okay. So I really didn't deep dive into that, but he is definitely a person who thinks we should negotiate. Okay. Negotiate. Mm -hmm. He's the one that I got the house listed for $249. We got it for $223. Oh, so he's winning. And his... He's like, we're doing good. I don't know if he thinks he's winning or not, because we originally wrote the offer at two hundred. <laughs> oh. Whereas you know, down here, I would have said, please don't make me waste any trees, That's even right. though everything's done electronically now. Yeah. yeah. But, um, I'm like, 
why the hell not? Let's go for it, yeah. right? So uh, when we wrote that offer, it was two forty nine list price. We wrote it for two hundred, and the seller countered at two twenty nine, and I almost fell off my chair. Yeah, I bet. I'm like, grab that, and he's like, no, Tony, <laughs> this house need new roof and paint and everything else. And I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's like twenty two hundred square feet. Yeah. Um, <sighs> It's a good deal. With you know it, he said, no, I wanted a little bit less. Well, I told him, I said, if you get this house for two twenty five, and if I go back to the seller today at two twenty five, we'll be under contract by tonight. Yeah. No, two twenty. Two twenty. Two twenty is my max. So when we went back up to look at houses again this past week. Yeah. There was a new home on the market. It was 1,546 square feet, um, dated, needed a roof and everything else, right? It was listed for 230, which made this house like 133 a square foot. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I'm trying to negotiate the other one for him, you know, where he'd be getting it for like $102 a square foot, right? But he was willing to pay that much for the smaller house because it just needed a little less work yeah right Mm -hmm. um and he wanted to offer list price but he wanted to his plan was to reduce the price during inspection (laughs) okay we'll give him the list price but then you know in inspection we get him (laughs) we want 20 grand (laughs) off the price well i know exactly what's going to happen when an agent has a listing like that and it goes under contract in one day, they're just gonna put it back on the market. That's right. right? So I tried a different strategy. Yeah. And I'll tell you the end before I tell you the beginning. My strategy didn't work. <laughs> but I thought <laughs> I thought, let me write that letter. Yeah. Let's tell the agent we're gonna offer you two ten. Okay. The list price was two did I say two thirty? Then we offered two twenty. Okay. We were ten thousand under, mm-hmm. but my letter said we're serious. We're not going to come at you in inspections. We know about the roof. We know about the age of the AC. Okay. This is a solid deal. No, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, obviously we didn't get the house. Yeah. Anyway, she had six offers right. on that home, and four of them were above list price. Right. Okay. But the other house, so I'm still, because I know it's a good deal for my client. I really want him to get this house. The bigger one. The bigger one. And I feel like I can get somewhere with it. So I'm sitting there and I think, you know, it's that whole strategy of let's meet in the middle. Sure. Our client wants to pay $220. The seller wants $229. That's $9,000. Half of that is forty five hundred. So I call my client and I say, "Would you do two twenty four five? Two twenty three. Oh, he's one of those. And I feel like I feel like on with those buyers, there's no. You just have to do what they say sometimes because there's no talking to them. They want that deal. It could have been a dollar less. Yeah. And you're like yes. So I'll be damned if I didn't get it for the 223. I really didn't think I would. I did not think I would be able to get it for the 223. Well, I would be interested to see how he was on his selling side. Maybe now I'll ask him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have another client like that, though. Yeah. You know, the investor. Yes. And and it's funny how they're, as a seller, they're one way, and as a buyer, they're completely opposite. Uh You're like, whew, just can't get. Do you remember what you were doing? Do you remember what it was like selling the house? But. They, they don't care. Our investor client, we would have a, the same phone call talking to him as a seller and then talking to him as uh-huh. a buyer and uh, like Je- Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was, you just walk away from it. You're like, shake your head like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> Good times. So let's talk about something else. 
ordering clothes online. And I'll explain why this relates to, I'm sorry, I'll explain why this relates to real estate in a moment. Okay. So have you been going crazy ordering clothes no, online? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Okay. I f- saw this Facebook ad, I think it probably was, oh, and there were these that. adorable jeans, and they were every time they were embroidered, like hand embroidered with th- these beautiful flowers. I know that sounds gaudy, but these were some kick-ass jeans, and Seems I ordered them, and um, they're not jeans at all. What are they like, jeggings? No, they're loose. They're kind of bootleg cut. Okay. And oh yeah, like the ones that look like jeans. Yeah. Kind of like that, yeah. but they're not tight. Okay. But then another pair of pants I ordered. Are you going to so wear them? I'm going to wear them, girl. <laughs> I, I almost wore them today. I oh, should have. Yeah. I'm going to wear the hell out of those pants. But the other ones I got, I ordered a large because I have, you know, require large things on the bottom half. It's the booty. And um, these can't, it's a lot, they're like a size one. I don't care how many hours I spend on the treadmill. I will not Definitely fit into size those. One. Yeah, I mean, you're not 15. <laughs> like, we were size ones when we were 15. <laughs> when we hit womanhood. But no. you know what you can do with pants like that? Hang them on your refrigerator. And what, that's a coal? Like, don't open the fridge? Every time you go to the fridge, there's these little tiny pants there. <laughs> See, that would just bug me. I'd be like, these pants are in my way. Little tiny pants. I have to move them out of the way to get my my food. (laughs) But talking about deception, you know, with real estate, it's kind of that way. You know, we've talked about uh, interior photographs of a house. Yeah. Do you remember the one that you were going to sell? We almost wrote a sight unseen contract down south, Sarasota somewhere. It was a beautiful home, but when you went to see it, it had a really strong cigarette smell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you can't smell pictures. No, and it's super important because uh, we have another client who, same same thing, we did sight unseen, we got the offer, went under contract, I ran down there the next day just to smell the house. (laughs) Because I'm like, you just don't know. Because in the description, it was new flooring, new paint, which... To a normal person, you're like, okay. But to me, I'm like, what if it stinks? What if it smells like cat pee? Cat pee and smoke are like the biggest things. So anyways, it, it worked out. It smelled lovely. So did you literally say, can I make an appointment to come smell To go smell, smell it. <laughs> and the, the agent met me there, in fact, and he was like, you could have just, you know asked me on the phone but I'm like but all of our noses are different Mm -hmm. you know like you might not smell anything and I could walk in and be like whew (laughs) but you know this is a a very good uh, client of ours and Mm -hmm. so I will do anything to make sure (laughs) there's no stench (laughs) but it worked out I was really pleased so hey but somebody paid 15,000 more for mine for your stinky one (laughs) yeah you just it's so it (sighs) realistically they're going to pull out the carpet, right? Maybe put some... Can you put kills on the concrete? There's something you can do. You do. Treat yeah. the, you do. You do. You treat the concrete, yeah. and then you put the new flooring on. You put some paint, Depending and that smell on what will be you gone. Pick. It'll and be if gone. it's their forever home, they're going to be in a while, mm-hmm. and they'll enjoy it. And But that's the way the market is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was pretty funny, though. Walk in and go... <laughs> No, we're good. <laughs> hey, when you rate them, you could be like um, neighborhood rating, house rating, smell, smell rating. rating. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. On the smell test, it's a five. <laughs> 
You want zero to one. I think I smell cabbage. Yeah. Cabbage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is so disgusting. <laughs> complaining as buyer agents because it's brutal out yeah, there. Life is hell. Mm-hmm. Hell. But as a listing agent, there's some comical things that happen. So in this last week, I had that showing block on the house. I've mentioned uh-huh. this several several times during this podcast. And in the showing instructions, I made it extremely clear. We had actually two showing blocks mm-hmm. on Thursday from 11 to, to 1.30 yep. and on Saturday from 3 to 5 p.m. I got so, I mean, and they just kept scheduling, 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 scheduling. So finally, I went in to the showing remarks and I said, how many of you actually read this? Read the damn instructions, SMH. Like, I'm shaking my head. Like, you people, stop trying to schedule appointments. I knew they weren't reading them because I was checking my emails and seeing all the requests. And I'm like, are you not effing reading this no they don't read they don't they obviously and here's the sad part so on our mls in the very bottom of the mls there's realtor remarks Mm -hmm. i don't always read the the uh, public description no don't sometimes i just go straight down to the remarks i read Mm -hmm. the realtor remarks because that's going to tell me what i really need to know about this house right It is so obvious these agents were not reading the realtor remarks Mm -hmm. at all because I had the showing instructions in there. I had them in the showing instructions themselves. That's right. And, you know, the few that I did call back, I mean, I was trying to call each of them back and I finally gave up. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have time to mess with stupidity. Mm -hmm. Um, But I said, did you read the remarks? Oh, I guess I didn't. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Because right now buyer agents are just... It's chaos. So they're just doing everything they can to get in, not paying attention yeah, to any about of the it. details. The realtor remarks are going to tell you things about a house that you might determine whether or not it's a good fit for your like client. Like exactly what you put in for the carpet. Yes. And if somebody, I have a client that is extremely allergic to cats and dogs. If she walks into a house, she will break out. And so yeah. I would have probably not taken her to that exactly. house reading that. Like you got to read the realtor remarks mm-hmm. because otherwise you're spinning your wheels and you're just not working smart Mm -mm. so this is a shout out to agents our peers in the industry read the realtor remarks and please read the showing instructions all the time please because that shit ain't gonna gonna work work. i have one even though i was off this week okay so (laughs) during tony's time block an agent texts both of us and talked about she was saying Hey, I'm not going to be there. Will you be there? I'm going to send my buyer. Yeah, whatever. But this particular agent, you know how when you get a text and all the history comes up. Mm-hmm. Two other listings that we had, this was her same thing. Hey, I can't make it. Can you meet my buyer? And I thought, what a lazy way to work. But that's her That's her thing. That's how she... So here's what Selena and I are going to do. Mm-hmm. If 
she ever has a listing of her own, which is unlikely. Right. We're going to text her the same thing. (laughs) Hey, uh, can I send my buyer over to your listing? Would you show my buyer your listing? We're going to do that. We're so going to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Because we're bitches like that. It's just lazy. So we're, no, let's, let's, let's go back up. We are bitchy at times, but we are willing to help people who actually need help. But. That can't be the thing all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to work. Real estate is hard. Put in the time. Yeah. And you get the reward. Right. You know, we're all, every, a whole transaction does take a whole, all the team, everybody involved. But don't be lazy because what I would foresee had we ever gone under contract with her is I can't make it to the inspection. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Can you do that? And, And the other side would be lots of work on us and not her. Yeah. And that shit doesn't fly with us. No, that shit ain't gonna work. That shit ain't gonna work. So that's mine. (laughs) (laughs) So if you ever work with us, know that you gotta work. (laughs) What's that song? How's that song go? When you gotta work, 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 work. work. Don't know the rest of it. No, that's all I know. Yeah, okay. That's Courtney. She knows everything. (laughs) (laughs) And Laura, too. I I just can't see her because this umbrella thing is here. Oh, there's her hand. Do you notice we didn't have any liquor today? No, we didn't. That's because we're trying to slim down for summer. (laughs) And then once we get slim, then we're going to really throw it back. Yeah, wait till fall. I think we're about, yeah, time is up for us. Thank you for joining us for episode seven of Shit Gets Real. And we look forward to hearing from you and you hearing. Hey, and ask us questions. We want all and any questions Mm -hmm. pertaining to real estate. Yeah. See you next Tuesday.